as the Chiefs get ready for OTAs here, the first like glimpse that we're going to get of the 2022 Kansas City Chiefs. Matt Derrick is here from Chiefs Digest to tell us what we don't know, what we need to watch, and how we're going to get there. We're going to get into it all today on Locked on Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors, and all of you across Chiefs Kingdom. You know Matt Derrick. He'll be with us in just a second. Thank you for making us your first listen here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where we're free for you every day on every platform that I can think of and probably some that I never even heard of. So if you would like to sub and hit the bell on YouTube, that would certainly help. And if you would leave us your comments on Spotify or iTunes, that's always great as well. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, where you can get the matrix. You can talk to me if you happen to be a front office professional that would like some help. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Uh, And then you got to go over and read Chiefs Digest because that's where you get the actual news rather than my flapping of gums. And that comes from Matt Derrick, editor-at-large, editor-in-chief, editor extraordinaire, who happens to be on the guy on the ground. This is this is a fun week, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, Wednesday's the day when finally the rubber hits the road. Um, most of the players are getting in at this point, and now we'll see. It's a, Hey, OTAs are what they are. Remember, it's a voluntary period. <laughs> so that's what everybody gets, usually gets excited about. That there's the one or two faces that don't show up, and you know, honestly, I mean, the Chiefs have had some great turnout in the past compared to some other teams around the league. So um, we'll see what happens, and it's going to be the first opportunity to get to see all the new faces, the new free agents, the rookie class actually on the field with the vets. So yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, it's the preview of training camp to come. So we're going to get to know a lot more about this team over the next few weeks. And I just I want to start just. Gut feeling, not not anything about how they got to the team, if they were drafted or if they were a free agent or if they're a vet that comes in. Like Just in general, who's the top of your list? Who do you want to see the most just to get a read on where they're at in this franchise? I mean, the the position group I think that we're going to be watching is going to be the defensive line group. Uh, and the, the tough thing is that this time of year, you really can't tell anything about the defensive line group. I mean, anybody can look good in May and June, and you, you can even start looking good in late July and first couple of days of August. It's all about when the pads come on with that group. But, you know, we should start to get a feel for, you know, at least when these guys, you start seeing them going up against this offensive line and you start getting to see the vets, you start seeing a little bit about the rotations and and who the Chiefs want to get looks at and everything. You'll at least get a, a kind of a, a snapshot about, where that group is, where they kind of view the depth, where, you know, maybe, you know, you can see some guys maybe sneaking into the picture that we're not talking about right now. And and that's going to be true for every position group, but that defensive line group, I think is the one that has the most interest when it comes to the skill position players. I mean, that's, and that's what this camp is about. I mean, Andy Reid will tell you when we get to talk to him the next few weeks, it's passing camp. So that's the group to watch. I could, you probably could say you should be watching the corners, but I'm going to be watching these receivers. I want to see, you know, what they've got with Mahomes, the timing, the rapport. Um, you should, like I said, this time of year, if you're a wide receiver, you should look spectacular. This is your time of year. Nobody can hit you. <laughs> you're just running out there in shorts and doing what you do. If, if we don't see these wide receivers looking like the second coming, then there's a problem. So I need to see these, these guys shine in the next few weeks. This, this should be frolicking unicorns and rainbows all over the practice field, right? I mean, <laughs> what well, was it? Mahomes says pretty. flowers and unicorns and awesome. Yeah. Rainbows yeah. and awesome. Okay. I can't remember. In, yeah. <laughs> rainbows and awesome. That's, that's where we're going anyway. 
I, I, I totally agree with you that there are so many little things that, that aren't going to be on display here. But I, I like that you bring up the two position groups that are going to go against each other, the DBs and the wide receivers, because I think they both have a lot of things to prove. I, for one, I'm looking for several things. A, it is the two injured rookies, or the guys that weren't participating in rookie camp. Now, we have three weeks of this. We'll get to the schedule here coming up later, folks. But right now, you have this rookie class, and Sky Moore is a guy that shouldn't be a starter, but he should play a very rotational role. You have Cook. Brian Cook should be a rotational role, shouldn't have to be a starter as well. The only difference is I think you have to get to the three safety set more than you have to get to the four wideout set. So I really want to see if this was just precautionary during rookie camp or whether they let him run a little bit because I think getting that spacing, getting the understanding of just applying your assignment, just not knowing what it is, that's key for me. And those two guys, I want to watch off the bat. Do you think either of those are going to grab your attention or are you thinking bigger fish to fry, starter level kind of thing? No, I, and frankly, those two guys I think are huge to watch during OTAs because if you're going to make an impact as a rookie, you've got to start right now and picking everything up and learning everything. It's not just, and we talk about how this time of period, it's great for the free agents and the rookies and everything like that because they get to figure out how the process works in Kansas City and they get to figure out things like where the lunchroom is and how to get to the practice field. And those are important things. But the reps count. I mean, even if these are in your shorts and, and even if these are not contact, they're reps. And especially as a rookie in, in, in on the offensive side, for sure, because I can throw all the numbers in the world at you to tell you that unless your name was Deshaun Jackson, as a rookie wide receiver in Andy Reid's offense, you've got to, you need reps to make an impact because rookies just don't do that. And every single rep is important. And that's why, you know, to me, Sky Moore, he's able to work that hamstring issues behind him and is ready to go. That's going to be huge for him because he needs every single rep that he can get his hands on right now. If he wants to make an impact in year one. And I think every rep that he doesn't get is just, it's almost like take a snap off his regular season work. I mean, that's just one more snap that he's not going to be ready to play. Um, defensively, I think it's a little bit easier, but with cook, I'm really interested because, you know, yeah, he had a kind of a couple of things. I think there was the hamstring and, and obviously there was a shoulder injury that he was coming off of that he says he's a hundred percent, but you know, we kind of need to see that too. So I, I'm a little bit less concerned from that standpoint on cook, especially since, you know, the expectation is that he maybe is what you said, the third safety beginning of the season. But if he wants to compete for that Juan Thornhill role, if he wants to compete for that number two spot, and he wants to get more playing time early. Once again, he needs those reps now. Good point. I want to talk about that on the backside. But first, folks, I want to tell you about our friends at Athletic Greens. They're back. Our next partner has a product that I literally use every day. I started taking AG1 from Athletic Greens because I wanted to get away from taking those chalky vitamins with my coffee. It just didn't sit very well. I wanted something that was easier to still get the nutrients and still get a little bit of flavor, something that actually made me start my day off a little bit better. And that's where Athletic Greens comes in because they give you everything you need to start your day. And it gets off to a flying start with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. All kinds of things that can help you start your day right and get off on the right foot and make the rest of your life go a little bit easier. It's a, it's a special blend that gives you everything that you need for gut health, for your nervous system, for your immune system, Helps you boost energy, helps recovery, focus, and even aging. 
all those things are wrapped up into what is an easily deliverable product that you just need to take one little scoop, put it in a cup of water, give it a shake, and it is easily ingestible. You can drink it with your coffee. You can get all the things that you need, and it forms a nice little micro habit that has benefits throughout your day and throughout your life for all those things, including the price that is less than the cup of coffee itself goes a long way. There's no GMOs, less than one gram of sugar. You have all these greens that actually provide to your health rather than taking away from it. It's a great product and something that I don't think I'm going to be able to get away from for a very, very long time. It is proven and it gives you, at the end of the day, the thing that can set you apart, make your day better. Right now, it's time for you to reclaim your health and all of your focus and energy. And right now, they're even going to help you with your immune system, make it a little bit more convenient. It is something that they're going to give you a freebie. On top of your order, you get a free one-year supply of the immune-supporting vitamin D supplement, as well as five free packets with your first purchase. And all you have to do is go to athleticgreens slash NFL Network. That is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily natural insurance that you need for your nutrition and your health. And thank you to our friends from the Athletic Greens. AG1 is something that you want to check out. It it takes investigation, and that's also going to be on this defense as well. And you said something in the last segment that kind of triggered me. It's one of those bits. I think I've seen on TV. There's a political commentary show that I watch uh, from time to time. And the bit that they do is, I don't know it for a fact. It's not confirmed. I just know this is going to happen. And there is going to be a picture released on the Chiefs website sometime in the next three days with Steve Spagnuolo's back turned to the camera with his arm around one of the players. My question to you, is it going to be Brian Cook or is it going to be Juan Thornhill? Ooh, that's a really good question. Actually, what I was thinking about, we're, we're going to see with Steve Spagnuolo with his arm around somebody. It's probably going to be Justin Reed. Um <laughs> That's a really, I mean, that's a really good question uh, because I mean, and I, I've said this, I, I, we've talked about this before. I like Juan Thornhill. I've been impressed with Juan Thornhill from the very beginning. His rookie season was really impressive. I have also watched the Chiefs for the last two years go almost comically out of their way at times to give playing time and snaps and work to anybody who's not Juan Thornhill. And I've never been able to to connect those two things because the Chiefs, publicly say all the right things about Juan Thornhill. There's just been this, you know, at times this, you know, hesitation to go to him. And I've never quite understood it. And we haven't ever gotten anybody to really explain it to us. Uh, But until it goes away, I'm going to believe that it's still there. I mean, it wasn't until last year when Dan Sorensen really hit the rock bottom of his play that they went to Thornhill last year. And I mean, I, I would expect that Juan Thornhill is going to be running with the starters when we, you know, see OTAs and it, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, the moment, the moment that Brian Cook starts taking reps with the ones, I think you're going to, I mean, I don't think that's ever going back. Ooh, the line of delineation. And it's funny because the way that you put it in the last segment was about Reed and it, they certainly feel like he can step into a role. So Spags isn't spending time with him. I got to think that he has that nailed down. It's it's a defense that has to evolve. And my question would be, do they still use the same volume of, of robber type alignments without Tyron Matthew being in that role? That's going to be a big question to me. So on the defensive side, it becomes, are they running three safeties where they can drop one in there? 
Or does it become where they want to slide Trent McDuffie into the nickel so that they can do some of that back and forth exchange? McDuffie, I think, is the linchpin in the rookie class on the defensive side, even though I'm, I'm probably more excited about Cook's ability to make a difference in the game. But I think it, it revolves around Legereus having someone across from him that he can count on and also has that inside-outside versatility. Where do you think that they try to line McDuffie up? Yeah, I'm I'm really curious about a couple of those things. And one one thing that you mentioned for sure with, with Reed, I, the reason why I, I see him with Spagnolo's arm around him is because I mean they're going to count on Justin Reed to be Tyron Matthew in more ways than one. I mean it's and there will be a lot of talk. We've already heard it. There's only one Tyron Matthew, but Justin Reed's going to be expected to step into that role. And the one thing that I'm really interested in hearing from Spagnolo is just how much you know confidence they have to do exactly what you said to let him kind of play the Tyron Matthew role and stick with some of the same things that they have done in the past. Because honestly, I do feel like that they've got people now that can play different. I, once again, they don't have a Tyron Matthew. They don't have a guy who's maybe flexible enough to play all the positions that he played at the experience level that he played them for sure. But they've got guys that can do a little bit of what Tyron did and kind of piece together. So maybe it isn't all up to, to Justin Reed to do it all. Um, when it comes to McDuffie, though, I mean, I, the way he fits into this, and, it, and to me, it's, you know, we've talked about the Chiefs and, you know, and we talked about how much they love three safeties in the past and everything like this. And honestly, I mean, I feel like some of that has just been that it's because they trust their safeties more than they trusted their corners. I mean, there's a lot of teams in the league that, you know, they, they'll, they'll go more frequently when they're, when they're in their dime pa- packages. It's much more likely with a count corner than with a third safety. And yet we've seen Chiefs with plenty of two-corner, three-safety looks. And, and, what, and some of that's even that they've trusted the third safety more than they've trusted the third linebacker. So that's not necessarily, I think, the case anymore. I mean, I think it's going to be, you know, a little bit more of a, maybe a defined role for all those groups. But with McDuffie in particular, I mean, my impression is that they're going to try and leave him at one spot. And that's why I wouldn't be surprised if they leave him on the outside mm-hmm. with the perspective that, hey, you know what? We've got other people that can go in there. I mean, Jerry Steve is probably going to be your nickel in the sense that he starts on the outside and moves into the nickel when they when they go to those three corner looks. But when it comes to having somebody else who can cover in the slot or play these guys, I think they got kinds of confidence in Reed. I think they drafted Brian Cook because they they play Levy can do that too. And you know, and they've got other guys. I mean, Lonnie Johnson, if he makes his team, is the same kind of guy. I mean, he's another player that they feel like can do that. So I feel like they've got more flexibility there depending on what this roster obviously looks like in September. I, I think that you bring up Lonnie Johnson, it triggers me because I I, I think he's probably the veteran the most questioned coming on to this roster about like how can he I, I expect him to compete for not only to make the roster but to be one of the top three corners to tell you the truth I think I'm higher than most in terms of expectations and maybe that's just me remembering college film but on the other side of the ball my question to you is there's a lot that goes into playing in this offense we talked about Sky Moore and, and he has the disadvantage of being a young rookie well they brought in two guys in particular Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS and Marquez I will try to get your name right I, I'm going to stick with MVS for now but <clears throat> Just gut feeling from what you've seen in past offenses, from what you know about the the summer workouts that we've seen to this point, who do you think walks in and has a better command, a better better chunk of this first couple of practices in OTAs with Patrick? Yeah, that that I don't have a good grasp of at this point because, you know, you are you're talking about three guys that you're probably going to be you know envisioning being big parts of this offense this year that are going to be completely new and not having had any work in the system before. Um, 
I, I would think that Juju would have a little bit more comfort as being able that I think that he's the most just a polished and accomplished receiver across the board. So I, I, it wouldn't be surprising to me, especially especially since I think he, he can do a little bit more than MVS can. And, mm-hmm. and I think that, you know, Mahomes has probably seen enough of Juju over the years, just watching him on film and everything like that. that he's probably got a, even a little bit more of a just a built in comfort zone with him. But honestly, I mean, the player who should be the most comfortable and should be able to take advantage of the most is McCall Hardman. And if McCall Hardman, I mean, it's it, once again, it, it's short. I mean, I remember, remember Demarcus Robinson owned May and June for four years. Yes. I, I mean, but to me, McCall Hardman needs to own May and June because it, it, it's all built. To, I mean, he's got, he, he's got it all. I mean, he's, he knows the roles. He knows what he's supposed to do. He knows the offense backward and forward. He should be the guy that Juju and MVS and Sky Moore are leaning on for, for knowledge, for understanding about this offense. And, and if he's not that, then I'm going to have some serious concerns about, you know, Hardman going down the road. I mean, it's, and, and, and it's going to be hard for us to tell because of these, 13 practices that the Chiefs will have over OTAs and training camp only. Six of them are open to the media. So half the work is going to be on behind closed doors. And even then, we're not even allowed to talk about everything that happens in these closed practices. There's limitations. So, you know, you'll be able to, you know, get some glimpses of some hints that we're able to give you. Um, but it, I mean, it's, it, we're going to get a small piece of the picture, but to me, if in the middle of June, we're looking back on this period and you're not saying that McCole Hardman owned this month, that's a problem for me. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. And I'm not going to bet against him. But if I was, we're going to tell you about our pals before we get back. And then we're going to talk about what does this, this group have to do to compare to last season's group coming up next. These days, anything can be bet on, and especially at our partners, Bet Online. They have all the information you need for your betting needs and all your sports info. Find all the odds, all the news, all the developments on every sport, not just football. But a lot of props on football as well. But basketball playoffs, NHL action going on right now. A lot of high-flying games there. There's the baseball season. There's MMA and all the things that lead up to the next NFL season. It's all over at Online, where it's your source for all your wagering information, live betting, podcasts, esports. All of it is right there at their website that's easy to navigate and easy to get to from any device. Go check out Online. It's where the game starts. So a lot there from Bet Online. Make sure that you guys check them out because who knows who's going to take the lead on this roster. There's a lot of props out there. But <clears throat> my money, actually, this week is kind of leaning towards the old Marcus Robinson rule. I, I think MVS is asked to do less. I think he might come in and be the guy that like shows, hey, steady, and he hits all the ground running like that because I don't think he has as much that he has to accomplish. So I'm going to look for that. But it's not the only spot on the offense. On the offense, like I'll be, I'll be interested to see what Orlando does or doesn't do. Uh, I think that's really key because we are talking about a contract coming for him or at least the expectation that there's work being done on it. So does he participate? Does he not? I don't know. If he doesn't, that clears the way that no matter what, you're going to see a lot of Darian Kennard, who I, I think think we want to see just how much edge he brings to the practice field, not just when he's being interviewed about being passed over in the draft. But for me, the matchup to watch is then what comes from it, whether it's Kennard, whether it's Wiley, and what George Kolaptis can do. A um, lot of energy last time was out. In fact, you told us just about what a spring chicken he looked like. But <clears throat> Kennard versus Karloftis is going to be a matchup for probably not only all of the offseason, but into camp about which rookie can make the most progress and actually contribute to the roster this season. 
Is that probably the biggest matchup for the young guys? I th- I think it's is I think it's going to be. I mean, because as you mentioned, it's going to be interesting to see and what the Chiefs do at left tackle during OTAs is I think going to tell us a lot about how that they feel where things are with Orlando and what the likelihood is. I mean, they've got a few different options, but you know, one thing that Andy Heck and Andy Reid don't like to do as much as they love flexibility and they like giving guys some reps at other positions, and we'll talk a lot about that. The one thing that they hate is disruption. They like to be able to plug a guy into a hole. And then if that guy has to come out, you got somebody who can step in and you don't have to move, you know, two guys around or three guys around whenever you get one player that steps out of the lineup. So that makes it trickier to me. You know, hey, if you envision Darian Kennard as your starter at right tackle, maybe it's easier to put him there, put Wiley at left tackle. Um, maybe Jaron Christian, you know, fills in at left tackle if you think he's going to be your swing tackle and you want to get him some work there. There's some options. If you see somebody like Joe Tooney at left tackle, my radars are going to go off big time about what they're thinking about the situation with Orlando Brown is. So I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying if I see if I see Joe Tooney playing left tackle, I'm going to be like, whoop, whoop, whoop. Right? This we'll is see. not what we're expecting. It's not what we're expecting. Um, but I mean, Orlando not being here at the same time, which and we're, we're expecting him not to be here. He's not under contract. So he's certainly under no obligation to be showing up there, you know, and no one does in this situation. So no, Orlando Brown won't be there unless he gets the contract situation settled. Um, but it is going to give some work to some other guys. And, and to me, yeah, I mean, I think you're going to want Kennard and Karloftis to probably do a lot of that work. I mean, you know, yeah, can Karloftis learn some things working on the other side? Sure he can. But, you know, hey, Kennard might be right now maybe the toughest challenge for him because it's going to be another guy that's trying to prove himself. And, you know, and sometimes rookies this time of year, I mean, they're going to be playing with a little bit different energy than the vets are. The vets are trying to play themselves into shape. And young guys are trying to win roles. And so to me, yeah, that's a maybe a more favorable matchup for this time of year. Once we get to the, the training camp, yeah, I want to see what Kurloftis has got against Orlando Brown. Make him go up against your best. But right now, yeah, and, and I think that would be good for Kennard too because, uh, you know, he, he needs a challenge as well if he's going to be expected to play a role this year. Yeah, hey, and I'm I'm hopeful that we will see Orlando Brown because that means that they're serious about making some some progress. Hopefully he has an agent by now. I'm crossing my fingers here, Orlando. Um, but yeah, the, this is a, this is a three week schedule. So there is a possibility we see Orlando during OTAs if it's close, right? That's kind of my gut feeling. So that said, in the meantime, the rookies are going to get a canard's going to be a focus. But the question then becomes, you're talking about another rookie playing significant stamps on a rebuilt offensive line. And he's not the only one. There's a lot of rookies that are going to play this season. I don't know when they're going to start. I don't know that everybody starts week one. We're going to pepper them in a little bit. I do think there's some, some options there. But when you take a step back, what are you looking to see from the rookie class this year that helps you project what you saw from the rookie class last year where we got such a significant contribution from three guys and, and some roles from others as well? Well, and that would be one thing is that, you know, don't be surprised if you hear some of these rookies maybe in, in backup roles that you're not expecting during OTAs. I mean, that's... If for no other reason than, you know, usually with Andy Reid, he likes to let rookies win their jobs rather than having them just handed to them and given to them. There are exceptions. I mean, Creed Humphrey came in last year and was running with the ones from day one. And I mean, it was obvious that he belonged there. Um, but Trey Smith was running with the threes, remember, at the beginning of OTAs last year. And, you know, and yeah, his play moved him up. and It was probably going to move him up even before the the injury. 
uh, to long and everything. But you know, that's that to me is don't 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 fret if you're seeing some of these rookies, you know, running in backup roles early on. That's not necessarily going to be a surprise. What actually should be very impressive to you is if you hear there are rookies running with the ones on day one. It, and I expect like a Karloftis to be there. McDuffie, I think, is probably going to be there. Uh, if you're seeing if if Cook is there already, if you see these guys running with the first team defense on day one, they're not they're not going back out. I mean, that tells you that the Chiefs feel like right now they are developed enough. They've done enough to prove themselves. And most importantly, they don't feel like that these are guys that they need to throw a carrot out there in front of to, to win the job in order to keep building and improving their game and everything. So nothing's going to worry me too much. The only thing that, you know, is really where do they end up after these 13 practices? You know, like I said, you know, Trey Smith was a starter at the end of right. these 13 practices a year ago. That told you where this offensive line was going. Um, hey, if, if George Karloftis is starting and Malik Herring is your number three defensive end, then you've got an idea that maybe the youth has arrived. Uh, if Cook is starting, I mean, you know, if Sky Moore is running as, you know, a number two or a number three, then you'll know that they, they these guys are moving along. But I, I mean, to me, this time of year, it, it doesn't mean a whole lot. And, and honestly, it doesn't even mean that a rookie, if they're not getting first team reps or they're not appearing to be a starter now, it doesn't mean it's not going to change in August. Because like I said, Andy Reid's not afraid to put that out there as a, as a carrot to get these young guys to, to kind of get motivated and keep going and keep focused. I, I like that. I like the carrot. You got, you got to keep that, but you got to keep it fresh. There's a lot that needs to go on. So we will see here in the coming days, the first glimpses of it, Matt will be back with us next week to give us the firsthand impression of what is going on as we move forward. A lot to come folks. I'm pretty excited about it, Matt. Thanks for being our eyes and ears out there and giving us what you see that we don't know. Always a pleasure, Ryan. Take care, everybody. Folks, everyone have a great one. We'll be back with you tomorrow, and Matt will be back next week. We'll talk to you then.